The Spring Harvest Festival, called the Feast of Weeks, provides the setting for this reading. This festival celebrates the first fruits of the produce of the land offered back to God in thanks. In this text, worshipers announce God's gracious acts on behalf of Israel. The first reading is from Deuteronomy, the 26th chapter. When you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance and have taken possession of it and lived in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground, which you harvest from your land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket, and you shall go to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name to dwell there. And you shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, I declare today that the Lord your God, that I have come into this land that the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall make response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my father, and he went down into Egypt and sojourned there, few in number. And there he became a nation, great mighty and populous, and the Egyptians treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid on us hard labor. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with deeds, with great deeds of terror and with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground, which you, O Lord, have given me. And you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice in all the good that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house, you and the Levite and the sojourner who is among you. This is the word of the Lord. The psalmody for the first Sunday of Lent is verses from Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague shall come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread like a lion. We will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Paul reminds the Christians at Rome of the foundation of their creed, the confession of faith in the risen Christ as their Lord. The second reading is from Romans, the 10th chapter. The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we proclaim. 
Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the fourth chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and when they ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. The devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. He took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the gospel of our Lord. The theme for today, uh, title for today's message is called Rebuild or Rebuilding. And right away, I know that rebuilding is not a word that you like to hear about. Particularly if it has to do with your favorite sports teams, because as soon as your announcers in city or community start talking about rebuilding, you already know that your season's in the tank, you got no hope for your future, and you're rebuilding for next year. Rebuilding almost always comes after something that was unfortunate, something that needs to be rebuilt. So I get it, rebuilding might not be a great way to, to start off a talk. But last Sunday afternoon... In Lee County, Alabama, an F-4 tornado touched down. It left a 24-mile long, and it places up to almost a mile wide, path of destruction. 23 people lost their lives. That's like everybody here, right? Families were wrecked. Homes were damaged and destroyed. Some were wiped down to the foundation. The only thing left was cement. It even took the plumbing off at the cement level. Some places the asphalt was removed off of the road surface. It was just dirt. Businesses were wrecked 
Everything in this tornado's path was like in a giant whirlwind blender. How do they rebuild after something like that? After losing their loved ones or their friends? After losing all that they've worked for, perhaps, and maybe they didn't have enough discretionary funds that they could have had extra insurance or insurance at all. And when they lost it, they lost it all with no hope of having something again because it's just gone, all of it. What about losing a sense of being safe? Noticing that a thunderstorm will haunt you and cause deep fear within you for the rest of your life. How do they rebuild? Rebuilding, though, may not be always from things like tornadoes. There are times in our lives when we have to rebuild. Times when we take a long look at how we spend our time, our life, our resources, and we ask real questions like, how are we doing as husbands and wives? How are we doing as mothers and fathers? How are we doing as family members within God's church? How is our church doing? How are we striving to follow the way of Jesus if we've been following Him at all lately? Rebuilding. What part of our lives is God identifying as having been wounded and needs to be rebuilt? What part of our lives is in despair and needs to be rebuilt? What part of our lives might God be asking us to join Him for this rebuilding project. Now sometimes we rebuild after everything's just come crashing down. That happens. But sometimes we need to rebuild after what we have previously built no longer serves its purpose that we once intended it for. Sometimes families have to rebuild. Rebuilding after a a job loss. Rebuilding after moving from a community you've lived for a long, long time. Sometimes you have to rebuild after a divorce. Sometimes you rebuild after a death. Sometimes you rebuild after destructive habits have been established in your life and have caused so much devastation in your life. Sometimes you rebuild because of the wrecking effects of times and just growing older and you have to find a new life with your Lord and rebuild that. What areas in your life is God asking you to rebuild? To rebuild in such a way is that you can experience all the life and all the love and all the healing that God intends for you in your future. Do you think about those things? Know that God is an amazing craftsman. The greater the mess, the greater the reconstruction project can be and the outcome can be. Bring whatever mess we got. He can rebuild it. And know that God wants us blessed. God wants to be with you, with His people. God wants you to be near Him. He wants you to let let Him be your God and for you just to be His child who can just enjoy His presence. That's all he's, He's ever wanted. Remember the Genesis project and the garden? Oh, He built this beautiful place for us. And then He was there walking with us. And we with Him, and it was blessed. And then later on, there was a time with Moses and a freedom project. And He told Moses, Moses, we're going to build this thing, and I'm going to be with you. 
And then when they were in the wilderness, and this was this, this project called the preparation project, he says, we're going to rebuild this people and prepare them for the next place, and I'm going to do this with you, Moses. And then in time, when they needed this place, he says, oh, and if you need a tabernacle, let's build a tabernacle so that you and all the people around you can see that I am within this community. In this tabernacle space, you will know and you will see that I love you. That I am with you. And if a temple helps later on, but yes, David and Solomon, if you need a temple, great. Let's build a temple together so that you will know that I am with you and I'm with the entire nation for all the world to see. And when the temple no longer serves its purpose, when the people no longer want to be with me there, well, then I'll send my son, Jesus, to be with you to be near you and to live among you and to walk with you and share life with you and build up your life together with Him. And when Jesus' time on earth is complete, He would say, okay, no problem. I'm going to ask my Father and He's going to send the Spirit to be with you. A great gift. He will be with our beloved, you, His beloved, at, at all times and in all places. God is with us in these bodies. We are built to be living temples, to be God dwellings, blessed, loved, fully living, rebuilding. Before any building project starts, more often than not, we ask ourselves, is it worth it? Is it worth it for us to invest our time? Is it worth it to invest our money and all of our energy and resources into this project? Maybe God's asked that question too. Are they worth my effort to bless and heal and comfort and protect? Are they worth that? This people who will continually hurt my heart with their decisions and the way they live, who will continue to abandon me and my ways, who will walk away from my gifts and misuse my gifts? Is it worth rebuilding them when they're really not all that interested in me my way anyway? And God answers that, yes. Yes, it is worth it. I've always wanted to you. God says to us, I've always wanted to be your God. I've always wanted you to be my people. No matter where you've been, no matter how long you've been away, no matter where you've gone, no matter who you've been involved with, no matter what you have done, no matter how old you are now and how long you've been away, and no matter how young you are, God says you are worth rebuilding. God has not and will never give up on you. He will never stop calling you to come home and to be with Him. He has, and He will continue to pay any price for the reconstruction project to rescue you. That's what Jesus came to do. You can't do it, but Jesus did it because you are worth it. No matter what the evil enemy tells you, no matter what the ne negative ones around you will tell you, no matter what other wretched, broken, trapped, addicted, enslaved ones around you might say and try to bring you down and keep you in that ugly, destroyed 
community, God says, don't give up. I love you. Believe that I love you. Trust that I love you. In the season of Lent, you're invited to come home. We have 40 days of constant invitations to come home in this place that God wants to rebuild with you. And in this place to be embraced and to be loved like never before. You are invited once again to leave the world that seeks to to wreck you and enslave you, to leave that world and join the Father and the Son and the Spirit in a quiet place. That in that quiet place you can talk to Him. That you can read His Word and pray His Word. That you can spend time just being still. Making yourself available and listening. In that place, you will discover that the life storms will not be the final story. God can and He will rebuild everything. And what God rebuilds in our lives, it will be good. Heavenly Father, rebuild us to be your children. Heavenly Father, rebuild us to be your church. And in his Jesus' name we pray to Amen. Amen. Let's declare our faith. Today we'll use the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, Begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, of one being one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Seeking the grace, mercy, and love of Almighty God, we offer our prayers for the church, for people in need, and for all creation. Holy and steadfast God, Keep your word near to us. Plant it on our hearts and communities. Make it blossom into proclamation for all people to hear and receive it. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Heavenly Father, help us learn the stories and words of our faith that we know them by heart. As you accompanied our ancestors in their uncertainty, 
Guide us confidently that we can tell others of our faith and make you known in the world around us. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. When we struggle and are tested, redeem us by the endurance of Christ. Give us steadfast faith to strive for your glory until we witness its fullness. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Lord Jesus Christ, we rejoice today with those who are celebrating birthdays, anniversaries, or other joyful events. We also give thanks for our brother, Don, as we celebrate his birthday. We celebrate the gift of life on the birth of Julia Quinn, daughter of Jason and Jana Palmer, great-granddaughter of Don and Sharon Struzik. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Lord of life, we pray for the healing of all who are struggling with medical issues or battling illness and those we name in our hearts. That the physician of body and soul work mightily in their lives and fill them with his perfect peace. We ask that you hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Blessed Savior, you have made your church to be the home of all people. Let us be reminded every day that following Jesus is the single greatest opportunity of our lifetime. Help us to follow your calling, to be your disciples, to know Jesus, and to make him known. Help Emmanuel Lutheran be the hands and feet of Jesus in Northwest Arkansas. Put the name and face of someone that needs us this week in our heart and mind. Help us to reach out to them in love. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Lord, in addition to the prayers that we have spoken, we know that you know the thoughts of our hearts. We entrust all of our prayers to your abiding love. This in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen.